Hello, welcome to General Psychology. So to get started this week, um, I wanted to introduce you to some really important theories and thinkers in psychology. So we'll answer questions like, what is psychology? And how do different theories inform our modern day definition of psychology as a science? So psychology is a science. Psychology is the scientific study of our behaviors, so actions we can make and measure, and the mental processes, the thoughts and feelings and brain activity that underlies that behavior. Psychology is a science that requires us to think critically, to stay humble and curious. Psychology is also a discipline that really applies the accumulated knowledge um, to help people live their best lives. So equally important for understanding in this course, understand what psychology is not. Psychology is not a pseudo or fake science. Psychology is not simply a collection of traditional beliefs or common wisdom. Um, you could take an example like opposites attract versus birds of a feather flock together. Which one is it? Uh, psychology is also not um, just a collection of anecdotes or personal stories. We can certainly use story and narrative to learn and illustrate psychological phenomenon, but we cannot assume that one story holds for all people. Psychology really relies on statistics and investigates um, different ideas across many people. Psychology is also not just relying on your intuition. For example, many people intuitively believe they can multitask. Um, to get really specific, many people believe they can drive safely while holding a cell phone. The psychological science there says absolutely not. So you can enjoy learning about that and other topics um, as you go through chapter one. Just keep in mind that psychology is a science. We have to put our ideas to the test. So have you ever wondered why people do what they do? If so, you are in good company. Curiosity drives psychology. So for all time, people have asked questions like, do we have free will? How can people act heroically or in an incredibly evil way? Why do we fall in love? Why do we fall out of love? So as scientists, um, psychologists put forth their best ideas or theories based on observation, and they make their best guesses or hypotheses and put their ideas to the test. This is really how science works. So we're going to explore psychology's roots here real quickly. Psychology's roots are in philosophy and biology. Philosophy, you could consider some of those same questions we were just talking about. Um, one that will come up time and time again is the nature-nurture debate. Essentially, are people born or made, right? So the nature um, refers to genetic um, and biological influences on our behaviors, whereas nurture refers to environmental and learning influences. And the truth is that for most complex human behaviors we are interested in, both nature factors like our genes and nurture factors like our learning um, over a lifetime really influence um, complex behaviors. Psychology also has its roots in biology, in the fields of anatomy and physiology, really understanding, for example, how our nervous systems work.
helps us understand health. So here are a brief list of some theories and thinkers in psychology. All right, the battlefield of ideas. So the very first battle took place between the structuralists and the functionalists. And I know when you think of scientists, you really don't think of um, people who are really battling with each other, but this was a battle of ideas. And I will tell you that all these theorists we're about to go over, they really influenced our modern day understanding of psychology. So their ideas are incomplete, but together they help to give us the complete um, science and overall view. So psychology is the scientific study of our behavior, our thoughts and feelings that underlie that, as well as the brain processes that make those thoughts, feelings, and behaviors possible. Now, the structuralists versus functionalists were focused on the conscious experience, what you're actually aware of and what you can report. So for example, right now, I want you to imagine a frog. Capture it. What first came to mind? That's your conscious experience of the word frog, the associations that you have with it, your essentially um, your, your major ideas. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, the very first um, psychologist technically um, studied reaction time and they studied and wanted to break down your conscious awareness and thought processes. These were the structuralists. Wilhelm Wundt and his student Tickner were really big on trying to break down your conscious experiences in your mind into smaller and smaller parts. Here's the problem with structuralism. Really, your own unique experience, even of a word like frog, is individual. It's influenced by all of your um, previous experiences and really not reliable to compare so much across people. Now, functionalists were the competing school of thought. William James came along and said, we should not focus our energy on trying to break down the conscious experience. Instead, we should ask why we think and feel consciously the way we do. So William James would be more interested in why you come up with the image of a frog that you did, that mental image from earlier. Now, in this battlefield, structuralism versus functionalism, who won? Most definitely the functionalists put a giant W beside them because every school that came after this was about why are certain thoughts, feelings, and behaviors adaptive? Um, it was based on Darwin and evolutionary theory, the idea that adaptive behaviors and thoughts and feelings are going to become more prevalent in the population, right? Because they help people survive and reproduce. So the functionalists ultimately influence all the ideas to come after them. Briefly, here are some ideas. First of all, um, William James and Freud um, really had some different ideas. Y'all remember Freud? I would say he is the most famous psychologist to have ever lived, famous and infamous, and we'll get more into him when we study personality. But Freud said um, everybody who had come before him really had missed something giant that influences our behavior, which is our unconscious mind or unconscious thoughts and feelings. Those ideas that are below our awareness. Freud in particular had a really famous um, technique he called psychoanalysis or talk therapy. And really the goal was to bring unconscious thoughts and feelings, things you're unaware of into your 
conscious experience. Okay. So Freud added the unconscious mind to the puzzle. He also said a lot of things that made no sense, but we'll come back to him. Okay. Um, Freud added the unconscious mind to our study of psychology. All right. A few more to highlight for you real quick. The behaviorists were really, really important. Skinner came along after and as a reaction to Freud and everyone who had come before him and said, you can't study mental activity. And at the time, they really couldn't. Didn't have anything like we have nowadays um, to look into uh, the mind. So uh, the behaviorists were really big on studying observable actions, so things we can actually measure. So instead of asking about anxious thoughts and feelings, they would actually measure anxious behaviors. Right? Uh, we'll really study the behaviorists when we look into learning and memory. As a reaction to the behaviorist and to Freud and everyone who came before them, um, the humanists were really all about positive psychology. They said, so far, psychology has only been the study of what goes wrong in our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. What we want to study is how people grow, how people improve. They studied acceptance, particularly in the parent-child relationship and how that's so key um, to healthy personalities. So the humanists, I affectionately associate with a plus sign. They are, they gave birth to the movement that's still going on today in positive psychology. So things like studying character and values and, um, and personal growth. All right. Now swinging all the way back to mental activities, cognitive psychologists came around seventies, eh, eighties, when really there was a revolution with a personal computer and they began to think of the mind like a computer. They also had technologies, well, we're beginning to have more access to technologies where you could really look inside the brain. And today we even have fields like cognitive neuroscience, which combine the study of mental activities, thinking, remembering, learning, our attention processes with brain imaging to really understand what's happening there. In fact, that is my particular field of expertise, and I look forward to sharing with you all more about that. Um, as you go through the theories, just a quick note here, um, students in the past always say it is worth your time to try to understand the theories now because they'll come up in each chapter and you really want to understand some of the key ideas that that contributed to our modern day holistic um, view of psychology. Mm -hmm.